spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Thursday, baby. Oh, look at you. You're all rested. Feeling good. I feel good. Can't believe it. All right. It is Thursday. We've got a big four-hour show for you. Becky Lynn is in the news center. Hi, Becky Lynn. Ready Good to go? Afternoon. Yeah. It's been a busy day already. You know, it's been a rough week for all of us here at the radio station. If uh, if you've tuned in from time to time, uh, we lost uh, a tremendous uh, part of our family here at KTAR. Uh, a wrong way drunk driver took the life of one of our colleagues and friends, uh, Don Pond. We've talked about it. It is now turned into... Um, it's a nightmare here, but it's turned into a big news story in Phoenix. Why? Because it's a wrong way driver. Again. Why? Because that person was drunk. We've talked about it uh, many, many times. Uh, Dawn's sister is going to join us today at 430. And she's got a message for anyone who wants to go out or is even thinking about getting behind the wheel after they've had one or two or ten. And so... Boy, I've been here for a long, long time, 20-something years. I've never really asked this. I ask you really to tune in at 4.30. So I hope you do tune in at 4.30. I think we can all learn something. Uh, it's taken a lot. She's a brave woman to come on a few days after her sister was killed. Uh, and she's got a message. And I think her message is important. We're yes. going to listen to it at 4.30. She's going to join us. Um, so uh, I urge you to do that. All right, let's kick around some news, you guys. That's why we're Hold here. Hold on a second. I'm going to download my app okay, so I good. can go and uh, eventually <laughs> figure out how I become uh, a parolee immigrant here in the United States. There is a new app, and if you want to come here legally, uh, the President of the United States says, go uh, download an app and we'll get you into the U.S. Do not stop at our border. So uh, today was a big day. Yesterday we kind of you know broke the news that Joe Biden, the President, was going to go and visit the border first time. Uh, about time and now we know he's going to el paso which by the way we've talked about you know before we went on christmas vacation week after week after week the stories that came out of el paso and the number of people that were passing through they wanted to declare that state of emergency remember on a couple occasions because they were they were spending so much money and the administration themselves talked them out of declaring a state of emergency right so the president and i will visit the border myself this Sunday in El Paso. And we'll see how that goes and what that looks like, because I think it's just going to be a flyover. Anyway, um, he's got a policy, and this is the first one. He has ignored the border. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time and relitigate that because it's really op- it's an open and closed book. He's Like a- the border is open and closed, as yeah. is the book. He's the worst president of my lifetime when it comes to the border. All right. So let's tell you what's in, in Joe Biden's plan. Uh, he wants to do, well, this. Today, I'm announcing that the Mexico has agreed to allow up to, re- to return up to 30,000 persons per month who try, get caught, and get sent back from those four countries or apprehended while attempting to unlawfully cross the border, the southwest border. All right. What four countries is he talking about? Today, I'm announcing that my administration is going to expand the parole program for people not only from Venezuela, but from Cuba. Nicaragua and Haiti. Again, these four countries, Venezuela, Cuba, Cuba, Nicaragua and Haiti, these four countries account for most of the people now traveling into Mexico to try to start a new life by crossing the border into the United States of America on the southwest border. Okay, so is this what we're looking at? If you're from one of these four places and you try to come to America and try and go over the border, we're turning you around. 
Yes. Is that, and the only and if you are from one of these four you know, countries, what the president says is we're going to let a certain amount of people from these four countries in, but not at the border. You have to be in your home country. You have to be on an app and you've got to uh, you've got to have a sponsor from the United States. And so it's a little confusing to me. It's a lot confusing. Okay, it's a lot confusing to me. <laughs> How are you in Cuba with very little internet access at this point? Uh, thinking to yourself, all right, I'm going to fashion together uh, this broken refrigerator, mm-hmm. a 1960s car a hood, and a few things as I try to float to America to escape persecution by a communistic regime that has crushed people for decades. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait, I got an app for that. All right, let's say they have no idea how to get an app and they don't have a phone or what have you. If you still show up at our border from Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, or Haiti, and you didn't use the app, from what I understand, you ain't getting in. Isn't that a good thing? Well, I think it's a good thing, okay. but... Because uh, I almost take the app out of it. Yeah. Like, okay, are we just... Is Biden trying to stop people from coming in? Is he trying... Because he knows that the Border Patrol is overwhelmed, and is he trying to do to do that? Less people coming over? Because basically, he's telling everybody to do it the right way. You know how many people have done it the right way? A lot less than people have done it the wrong way. That's right. Because you know what? The wrong way is easier. The wrong way is easier to get here. And, fi- and we've talked about this. Saying, I'm here to apply for asylum is essentially saying, let me into your country so I can wander around. Yeah. Imagine going to Disneyland today and saying, hey, I had my tickets. Uh, somebody stole them. They're really mean. If there's any way you can let me in, I promise I'll come back later and pay. And then they say, okay, and Mickey lets you in and you wander around the park and that's it. Yeah. So Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti. You've got to get on an app. What about Guatemala? Mm. What about Mexico? What about El Salvador? What about Honduras? Right. What about, you know, Argentina, Brazil, uh, any of these other? I mean, we're just, it's, again, it's it's bizarre. Make appointments, apps, the whole nine yards. Well, it slow down the amount of people coming to the border. Because what we've what we've noticed and what we've realized is the migrants that are coming here pay attention. They know what Title 42 is. Yes. Uh, they know when uh, it went from Trump to to Biden. Uh, and they knew it was going to be easier to get in. They know about the asylum laws. They're educated about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, because the coyotes. Correct. Here's the thing. If you're the coyotes, you get him a burner phone. You say, I've already got the app set up. Fill it out. There you go. We'll take you to the thing. That'll cost you extra money. Mm. You know they're going to do something like that as much as they can. All right, it's a parole. Or did I just come up with a new? <laughs> it's called the. It's called. It's a parole program. Uh, how does it work, the president? The way this parole program works, one must have a lawful sponsor here in the United States who agrees to sponsor you to get here. Then that person has to go undergo rigorous background checks and apply from outside the United States and not cross the border illegally. In the meantime. If they apply and their application is approved, they can use the same app, the CBP-1 app, to present at a port of entry and be able to work in the United States legally for two years. That's the process. But if their application is denied or if they attempt to cross into the United States unlawfully, they'll be returned back to Mexico and will not be eligible for this program after that. 
And then they'll try and sneak in. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing. You know what he did? He probably he probably called Mayor Pete and said, hey, uh, call the airlines and ask him, how do you confuse and anger people so they can't get on an airplane? They're like, check it out. Make him download an app. And even if they walk up to you and they're like, my ticket, here's, can you check my ticket? They say, you have to go on the website to do it. That should destroy and, and discourage anybody trying to come here. Not talking about Southwest, are you? Southwest. All right. There, there, uh, maybe there are a few pros. There's some cons of this plan. We're just getting word of it. We're trying to work through it, but got to get a sponsor. How long do you think he's going to be in El Paso? I got to tell you, man, I, I think it's going to be really short. I, do I don't too. think he's going to stop at a church. I don't think he's going to stop no. at uh, I don't think it's a non-profit. day. I don't think he's been in a half day. I think it's been in maybe 90 minutes on the ground at most. I'm going to give him one hour. Because yeah. you know what? He hasn't showed me anything that he cares about the border. So why would I say, why would I give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to do something right there? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm hoping he surprises me. I just, I don't have the faith in that. Yeah. Just can do anything. All right. Biden's new policy on uh, the border. We'll see how how it goes. Also, uh, coming up on the show, uh, we downloaded the app and we now have an appointment at the border. You know what? Screw it. Let's do that next. Wise man, did you download the app? Did we have an appointment? As the official guinea pig of the Garrison right. Chad show, yeah. I have downloaded the app. All right. I'm getting my appointment now. Wouldn't okay. it be great if All they right. deported him? It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be amazing. What happened to wise man? I got deported. Coming up next, I'll admit to a crime. All right. So, so we've got the app. The wise man is on it. He's going to walk us through it. Uh, and and will, will people from other countries... Will they go in? The, will they be able to, you know, go and do this thing? We're going to talk about it. It's all coming up on the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, ninety-two-three FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, President of the United States, new border policy. It's his first border policy, other than let everybody in. So you need an app to come here. If they're seeking asylum, they can use an app on their cell phone called CBP One. All right. Okay. So that's easy. Wise man Steve Zinsmeister has downloaded the app. Okay. Uh, is it free? Yeah, it's free. Okay. I hope. I mean, right. I, didn't, I haven't seen any charges go through. All right. By the way, I, so so this is how you get an appointment. He, The president is basically saying, make an appointment at our border. That is what he's doing at a port of entry. Yeah, yeah. Make an appointment. All right. Wise man, um, did you make an appointment? Yeah, so I've got an appointment in Nogales in about an hour. You think I'm going to make it? I think you'll do it. I think it's going to be fantastic. Do you really have an appointment no, in an hour? I wasn't going to. No, it's not no. quite okay. so, ready for prime time, is it? Yeah, so this I think this is a pilot program, right? So it's yeah. been around, but it's not not every feature is available. Basically, once you get all set up with your email and all that stuff. You need an email and a password for the app. Yeah, okay. like most apps. All right. Uh, on the main home screen, it says, I am a dot, dot, dot. And then for our intents and purposes, we'll just select travel. Like by foot, you know, because you can select by land, by air, by sea. Uh, you could be a commercial truck driver. They have all these different options. Parachutist. Let's just say I'm walking across the border. Traveler by land. And then they give you the option to report your arrival. So you can schedule your arrival at a port of entry along the border. You can also report a departure. If you're leaving the country. Yeah, no one's leaving to go the other way. But here's right. the thing. I clicked Except on us when we go on vacation. Yeah. I clicked on arrival and it says coming soon. This feature is not yet available. Additional services will be rolled out over the next year. Okay. <laughs> so not only is it not ready, they're saying it'll be rolled out over the next year. Okay. There are some other cool features. You can check border wait times at each of the ports of entry. Yeah, but you know what? I've got an app that does that when I go to Rocky Point. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. All right. So do you find it? Uh, is there different languages? Uh, at the beginning, it gave me the option for English, Good. Spanish, or French. 
I don't know how many French immigrants we have. Uh-huh. Uh, bonjour. Well, Haitians are they they speak French. There you okay. Go. So gotcha. uh, so you know I mean that's. I just it's the, the like this is what we come up with. This is it. This is it. You got three languages and that's it. Okay. All right. So do you find it easy to navigate? And if you're someone who's in Venezuela and has the app, is this do you can? What do you think? Yeah, it's probably easy enough. But here's the thing: if you heard, if you're a, a person hoping to come across the southern border soon, and you heard President Biden today say, "Go to the app, sign up," the feature is not available yet. So if I go in right now, I can't schedule an appointment at the border yet. So what good is this app to does me? Does this start today? Yet? Does it start tomorrow? Right. Here's here's another thing that the president said. Um, if you go to the app, you need a sponsor from the U.S. Yeah. You have to stay at your country of origin. Uh, and yeah, what gonna, if you've already started your trek? Well, you got to go back. Uh, and it also says we're going to do a background check on you. Listen, we know that all the people that come here, they're not all great people. No. Okay. And how do we know that what they're telling us is the truth? Well, we'll do the background check on them. But but here's my point. If 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 you're someone that has some criminal background, you're not going to the app. You're still coming to the border. You're just going to now sneak you're across. Gonna, you're going to try and sneak across. But even if you give a fake name, how do we know, right, that... First of all, you're gonna. What are we, how are we gonna check somebody in, in in Haiti their their status of something? I know this sounds really sad, but you know we we do have. Unfortunately, our government is big. I'd rather have a much smaller government, but there are people that can go and check this stuff out. Yeah, if they can are, check some stuff if out. You are coming here, we can check you out. A lot of what we're looking for when I know with these background checks is have they been here before and committed a crime here? Hmm. That's a lot of the stuff. Uh, the only thing I can see from Biden's new policy is that he's trying to slow down people that are walking across. He's trying to keep people in their own country and basically saying if you're from one of four countries, you could walk here for weeks and get to the border and now we're not letting you in. If I'm understanding that correctly, now we're not letting you in from four different places. Uh, And these four different places are where the majority of people come over. I wonder how long it takes to get back a yeah you're okay we approved you oh it's i'm sure it takes weeks yeah so yeah. you know i mean so it's is it going to slow people that there's just so many people walking here is it going to slow people down no i think what this is going to do is going to make other people go essentially underground they're going to now figure out well, okay i didn't get approved i was already here so how do i sneak in it'll just be easier for me to do that than than the other because they're not going to throw me out or if it slows down the number of people trying to come across the border, if it slows that down, then the Border Patrol agents can concentrate more on not asylum, but people sneaking over. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I have a feeling that's going to pick up, though. Yeah. Because, you know, again, if you've made, I mean, the, over the weekend, Cuba, they shut down one of the national parks because the Cubans were all landing there. You know, they're escaping. As, it, it's, it is... It's nuts what's going on, and you know the, he's rang the dinner bell for this. Yes. Now he's trying to figure it out, and he's piecing it together with an app and a potential of four countries, maybe. <sighs> All right. We'll continue to talk about it. Biden want, wants migrants to make an appointment at a port of entry. I don't know. Coming up next is the present Uh, day a Jack the Ripper case been solved. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks. Next. 
Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. Hey, if you got the oldest AC, you can win a brand new high-efficiency AC with an air purifier, courtesy of Day and Night Air Conditioning. Text the word DAY to 411923 to enter now. Message and data rates may apply. See store for details. You know, one of the most uh, puzzling, sick... Uh, murders in a long time in the United States. We actually started calling it uh, the present-day Jack the Ripper case. Yeah. Because Jack the Ripper was never found. And was brutal. Was to Oh, gosh, was so brutal. But they never, know who, they never knew who it was. He didn't leave a whole lot of... Uh, of of evidence behind, and it was always a guessing game. And the people that he killed, nobody would really care too much about. True. So it there was this case that we've been talking about over the last few weeks in Idaho. There were four, you know, twenty somethings college kids stabbed and killed. And from what we understood throughout the whole thing, cops didn't have anything that they were releasing. They. It was almost like they were going into this blind. It was like, that's why we called it Jack the Ripper. He went in, killed, and... and it looked like Keystone Cops for a while, yeah. too, as well. The local police in Moscow, Idaho. Well, they found the guy. Okay? I believe they have. And there are chilling details that have been revealed. Joining us now, uh, our buddy uh, Alex Stone, ABC News. All right, Alex, tell us what is happening in this story, because, you know, Chad and I, our audience, were following it. Yeah, so first of all, the, the newest info being that, that he was in court today and uh, we got to see him, tall, lanky body, thin shoulders, uh, barely filling out the, the baggy jail uniform that, that he was in, big word prisoner on his back, but the, he looked so confident in court today and almost like he was in a, a classroom as he sat at the table listening to the judge and leaning into the mic and uh, affirming that he understood the, the charges against him and that he could get the death penalty. You know, this is a guy who friends have said is very into serial killers and the psychology of a killer and always has been going back to high school and seemed like that he was almost in some way very interested and, and into to what was going on and the the court laid it all out today what it, it could mean and you'll hear him here uh, tell the judge he understands the maximum penalty for this offense if you were to plead guilty or be found guilty is death or imprisonment for life do you understand yes he understands four counts of murder, one count of burglary, uh, due back in court next week. The, the families of the victims, uh, they were in court today. They look like you can understand. They wanted to jump out of their seats and strangle this guy. Um, they were staring him down. He never gave them the eye contact back that, that it seemed that they wanted. One note about where he is now in jail, the, the sheriff telling us that, that he has said that he only wants food cooked in pans that have never touched meat. Vegans can't trust him. Well, and the, the sheriff pretty much said, look, we'll give you vegetarian meals. We'll do our best, but we're not going to go out and buy all new pans for the kitchen for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's got a, a lot of demands there. But this 18-page affidavit that, yeah. that we now have laying out their case, number of things in here. Cell phone records show that he was apparently watching or stalking the, the home for quite a while, that he had gone to the home 12 times before the murders, going back uh, many months. This is, you remember a couple of weeks ago when the, the lead prosecutor had made a comment about maybe the person was targeting the home yeah. and not the, the people in it. Well, 
this may be that in that it goes back to last summer before some of these kids likely were even living there. So what was he doing then at the home or outside of the home? Uh, Not totally clear. Um, One of the surviving roommates uh, was not asleep. There had been a belief that, that they slept through this. She uh, was not. She told police that she heard the sound of crying at around four in the morning. She heard a voice say, there's someone here. And then a male voice down the hall say, it's okay. I'm here. I'm going to help you. Uh, And then there was a thud. And she looked out her bedroom door and she saw a figure dressed all in black and a mask walking down the hall. um, And that she froze and locked herself uh, in her bedroom and stayed in there and uh, you know there were the questions it was eight hours no later police. that uh, you know that the police were called that still isn't really answered but it appears that she froze and, and went into a room we also know that uh, the, the killer left a leather sheath of the the knife next to one of the bodies had the u.s marine corps insignia on it that's what they got dna off of to an unknown male at the time they did a lot of police work uh looking at video cameras watching this white elantra that now we know why they were targeting it uh going around town into pullman washington where he was the phd student in criminology uh and then tracked his cell phones they had gone and looked at his vehicle all of this going on and then last week went to pennsylvania went through the the family's trash outside of the home pulled out a piece ran dna on that came back as his dad then they knew they had the right guy they were really confirming with that dna that that they coburger was who they thought he was and then they matched the dna that way and and they moved in on friday and they got him oh god and they pulled him over right because they wanted to pull him over and look at his hands to yeah, see if he had... Yeah, that's actually been disproven now. The, no? the FBI and Idaho State Police say that is not true. That was reporting by one news organization. Uh, then uh, today, the FBI and Idaho State Police say no, that if you had a quadruple murder, you... I mean, you know, the indication we're getting is you wouldn't send one state trooper not holding a gun and, you know, nonchalantly walking up to the vehicle. Um, but they, they at least Idaho State Police claim that was totally a stop on the up and up for tailgating. Uh, both of them and the other one was done by the local sheriff's department, in Indiana. Um, but they're saying that as much as there was a belief that it may have been set up so that they could get eyes on them, that they already knew who this guy was, that they didn't need to do that. All right. Alex Stone, ABC News. Thanks, man. You got Thanks, guys. So four University of Idaho students killed. And at the beginning of this case, and even in the middle, you and I talked about it. The cops said, no one heard a thing. The cops said, we have no idea who this is. The cops said, we don't have any evidence. And now we're hearing... The FBI came in. I think they're the ones who really gathered that. And that was smart. Well, there was evidence left at the scene by this guy. And there was... how, How do you not call the police after seeing somebody in your house... That, to me, is shocking. Did she never call the police? She called eight hours later. You see a man in your house with yeah. a knife yeah. and a mask, yeah. and you're like, I'm just going to lock my door. Yeah, it's that's strange. That's strange. That's absolutely. And, you know, I think he, he, you look at him and you think, and he talks about the confidence Alex did. Yeah, yeah. This is a guy who I think he studied all this stuff, and he thought, I'm smarter than everybody else. I can get away with this. Stone. So you're thinking he did this for fun? I think he did this for fun. Oh, I think wow. he. I think he studied all these things. They also think he think he wanted to commit the perfect crime. I can get away with this. I'm so much smarter than everybody. Stone he, cold killer. And you think he left the sheath there on purpose? Uh, maybe, maybe so they could find him so maybe. he can put his tricks to work. Maybe that he learned in school. Maybe, yeah. maybe he that wanted is, to be caught. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, maybe so. he wanted to be. He wanted to be one of the people he studied. Yeah, he but, wanted but to that he wants to. He thinks and he knows he enough to get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the confidence and um, 
the way that he was handling himself. Yeah, and a doctoral student in criminal studies and criminal justice studies. Yeah, this He's is a stone-cold killer. This is really, oh, scary stuff. That's scary stuff. All right, coming up next. It's a huge problem across the country. It's even worse here in Arizona. We'll tell you what we're talking about next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons. Uh, the inauguration today. Katie Hobbs now obviously fished the governor earlier, uh, had her big speech along with everybody else who won. We're going to speak about uh, one of the folks who won, and it is Tom Horn. I'm not a fan of this guy. Uh, and uh, he's hired uh, a pig, actually. I don't know if you've heard this story. An actual pig? No. He's hired uh, a misogynistic, uh, a disgusting human being to be director of character for the students. This goes right in line with Tom Horn and what he does. Remember, he's a, he's a pedophile apologist because his best friend is one. And David is, Stringer. David Stringer. This is the guy that's in charge of our kid's school. So we're not going to let him off the hook. We're going to keep an eye on this guy. Uh, and we're going to talk about it at three and why he's doing what he's doing. Um, nah, I just, I just, I, I don't trust this guy. There's so much background with him. The FBI was chasing him. Uh, he had a hit and run, and there was a rendezvous with his girlfriend, and he was married at the time. The hat. Talk about anywhere to try to have a disguise. He had a disguise. He's just not. I, you know, I, I understand that. You know, all politicians are probably bad people. <laughs> I mean, we figured that out. It just uh, some this, worse than others. Yeah, and education is something that's very close to my heart. My wife, teacher of almost thirty years. My mom was a teacher. Uh, we do pay tribute to a teacher. Absolutely. Uh, and so, so I just, just don't like this guy. I, mean, I keep an eye on him. Yeah. All right, uh, homelessness. As we know, it's an issue. It's a bad issue here on the West Coast in particular. Guess what? We've jumped 23% in unhoused population, the homeless population. And I always want to point this out because you and I get into this. There's a difference between somebody who is mentally ill, who is uh, a junkie just living on the streets and wants no part of trying to get help, Mm. and somebody who missed some, had a bad luck, not on drugs, not living in, you know, in the gutter, not committing crimes and i think the the problem is 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 how do we fix this nightmare because we've got the super bowl coming up last year cal of la scrambled they're like we can't have all these tents all over what are we going to do here because the jump is massive here but it's also an industry and that's the other side of it the amount of money that states are throwing at this and with zero gators with zero Actual accountability, and we're looking for results. That's the scary thing. Yeah, I guess we're going to put him in hotels. That's what you hear this, right? Steps away from the I-17 stands the 40-year-old Phoenix Inn Hotel. It's soon to be the site of renovations. The idea is to turn this Phoenix Inn Hotel into the haven to help address a recent rise in senior homelessness. Beginning in February, the 170-room facility gets a facelift. There's going to be color and murals. New furniture, open areas, and services specifically focused for seniors. Okay. So, okay, do we need all the new murals? How about we just get people uh, a a place to stay and help them get back on their feet? I don't know if we need to give them a garden and all of these things. And this is that insanity that I talk about. San Francisco, it costs $100,000 per homeless person right now is what they're spending. And I want you guys to listen to the insanity and the fear that this could come here because, once again, 
the amount of money that's out there for a lot of this stuff and zero accountability. This is insane. In San Francisco, they distributed 262 tents across six locations. The tents were a total of $16.1 million. That's about $61,000 per tent. You- 61000 per How is that tent. possible? It's Because there's no accountability. By the way, the leaders spent money on Tiffany's and going out places and doing things, and they didn't get in trouble for it because it's become somewhat of a cottage industry, and it's growing, and they're spending billions on it, and we've got to figure out a way. How do we help people who, you know, I want to count, if, if you're going to go give money to somebody and help somebody, there needs to be, hey, you're going to do your part to not only get off the street, to get off the drugs, to seek help, to do those kind of things. You're going to follow the rules if you're staying at this hotel. Where does that going to, you know, are there going to be rules? You know, I mean, these are things that are real. The elderly, I see them getting priced out of the market values. That's one thing. But a lot of what we're talking about that we see that are homeless, it's a different world. I think what these politicians want to do is hide them. They want to pretend like the pro, like like the problem has gone away. Yeah, hide them in a hotel, hide them somewhere else. Uh, don't put them in plain view with all the tents. And you're in downtown Phoenix, and you're heading towards a Suns game. And obviously, what happens? You walk past that, and, it's, and you don't want to be accosted every thir- no, thirty. You don't. You're, no. You know, people calling up, going, "Man, I've got." There's people doing drugs on the street, right. and there's people passed out in these front are of doorways. businesses that don't mm-hmm. want the, You know, these folks. You know, stopping other patrons from coming in and visiting their business. Uh, I just think that these politicians, they don't really want to solve it. They just want to put these people in hiding. And they hire their buddies who set up nonprofits and they hand $61,000 a tent. Yeah. I did the math. I can go on Amazon right now and get them uh, a bunch of tents for about twelve grand. There you go. There you go. Now Arizona, one of the worst homeless problems in the country. Uh, when we come back, did Arizona's new uh, school superintendent hire a misogynistic pig to be a director of character for students next?